What's up, everybody? Good evening. Y'all awake? Was Wednesday tough on you? Okay. Hey, amen. Sometimes it's rainy outside on a Wednesday. You get here and it's just like, oh, man, Wednesday was tough. I'm not trying to worship. I'm not trying to listen to no preacher. I'm not trying to give no tithe. I'm not trying to do nothing. Wednesdays are a rough day, right? Nobody can relate. Everybody just loves Wednesdays. Everybody. See, amen. Listen, I always say this at our midweeks in um, Cleveland. I'm there a lot. But <laughs> I always say the people that come on Wednesday nights are actually the anointed people. Don't tell, any, don't tell any of the Sunday morning people this, but if you show up here on a Wednesday at 7 o'clock after you've been through two days of work, you know you got a couple more to go and a long weekend ahead of you, you really love Jesus. Amen. And so God's going to bless you. God's going to bless you for that sacrifice of time. God's going to bless you for that commitment, that just discipline. Man, it's good. It's good to see you. Thank you for being here. It's not something that is to be taken lightly. I celebrate each and every one of you for being here. You are amazing. And like I said, if I need prayer, I'm going to call y'all. The, the Sunday people, I, I'll take their prayers too, but I, I need the Wednesday folks. I need the people that get here after work on Wednesday. Those are the people that are serious about Jesus. Right? I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. If you're watching online, thank you for watching too. <laughs> people, I'm never coming there. Nah. I want to challenge you tonight before we get started. This has nothing to do with my message. Um, one of my really good youth pastor friends brought this stat up to me. But do you know, and this is good, I, I was thinking about if I wanted to share some of the darker things or if I wanted to share some of these sad stats, but I don't want to weigh you down. But this one is a challenge, and it's a good challenge for the church, and I think it's something we all need to pay very close attention to. So listen up. Did you know that in 2012... 3.5% of adults identified as something other than heterosexual. So on the spectrum of the LGBTQ, RSTUVW, all that, right? In 2012, we were at 3.5%. Do you know that currently we are inching closer and closer to 10% of all adults identify as that? Did you know that in Gen Z, specifically, one out of every six identifies as that? And this is a challenge to the church because I don't think that there's just a crazy amount of new people that identify as that popping up in the world. That's not what's going on. The truth is, is that there is a very large population and a very large group of people who are searching and who don't know who they are, who are alone, who are lonely, who are hurt, who have been wrecked by sin, who have nowhere to go, and whether they are truly identifying as that or not, even if they're questionable, they know that if they step into that side of things and come out, there's going to be a community and a group of people that is going to not only accept them, but celebrate them, pull them in, hug them, hold them, push them forward, encourage them, love them, Walk with them, march with them. A group of people who know who they are and are about that action, right, will show up with pride. And so as a church, I'm challenging you to be even louder. 
be even prouder, be even more confident in who you are, be even more accepting, be even more loving, because if we have the word of God, if we have the Holy Spirit, why would there be any other thing on this earth that could compare to the amount of celebration, the amount of support, the amount of love, the amount of acceptance? We serve an almighty, merciful Father. We can't, get atta- we can't be out, out screamed by a small group of people that is pulling these kids, pulling these people because they're looking for acceptance and support. We should be screaming louder than anybody. We should be celebrating louder than anybody. We should be clapping louder than any person that comes into this church and says, I want to follow Jesus. That comes on a Wednesday night. Thank you for being here. You're accepted. You're loved. You're supported. You are truly doing the Lord's work. You are here. Thank you. I'm so happy you're here. I'm so happy you were there the other Saturday night. That was so encouraging for me to see you. Seriously, we have to do that. If you come in this church, you better treat those people that you see with acceptance and celebration. I'm challenging you to do that. This has nothing to do with my message. But it's just the reality of the world we live in, and it's just such this skewed mentality of like, oh, this is a crazy thing, this is a crazy problem, this is happening, this is happening. No, we have it. We have what these people are looking for. We have what the lost are looking for. We just have to be a reflection of it. And we have to be confident in it. We have to walk in that. We have to be about that life, right? (laughs) When it's time for us to go out, we have to go out and pray. We have to go out and march. We have to go out and be proud of our Father. So, like my mom said, I'm the youth and young adult pastor here at the church. Quick plug for Discovery Student Ministry, 7th through 12th grade. Uh, We used to meet on Wednesday nights, and the students would come in here. We'd do our worship here. And then we go back in the back and do like a small like Bible study time, sometimes play a game here or there. But the reality of it was that it wasn't growing the way that we know God wanted it to. It wasn't as effective as it needed to be. And it really just kind of hit its ceiling as far as what we were trying to do. And so we moved our DSM services to Thursday night. And on Thursday night at our Cleveland campus, we have a shuttle that comes from this campus, and we have people that carpool from the other campuses. But on Thursday nights at 7 o'clock, students come from all the different campuses. Students come from all across Northeast Ohio. When they arrive, they're greeted, they're celebrated, they're met with excitement, they're met with joy, they're met with a ton of loud music that I'm sure a certain crowd in here would not appreciate, but that's okay because they love it, (laughs) but they're met with that excitement. They're met with that acceptance, that joy, that accomplishment of you made it. You walked through that door. And after they get there, we go into a worship time that's led by their peers, by teenagers, by a couple young adults. They get to have their own worship experience, absent of the parents' eyes, absent of some of the pressure of being in a main service. It's an intimate time of worship. They get preached to. I go up and preach every Thursday. And after, in the most incredible thing, we have altar calls, right? We have altar calls where our team gets to lay hands on every single one of the students that walks through the door. It's beautiful. After the altar call, you were there last time, Mom. It was insane. You see kids crying, the coolest kids. I was one of the cool kids when I was in high school. Coolest kids you've ever seen come in there. Oh, this is whatever. I'm here for worship. By the end of it, by that altar call time, they're over there crying. (laughs) 
right? <laughs> it's a beautiful thing. And after that altar call time, we break off into small groups. So each Thursday, there are eight to ten small groups that break off. And in those small groups, they get to meet with their leader. They get to go through the message. They get to talk about what they're going through. They get to pray over what they're going through in life and really have that individual attention for each and every student. So the first one we did, we had 76 people in the building. This last time, we had 83. And tomorrow, we have our service again. So God's moving. Yeah, amen. God is moving. It's powerful. The format is just really ministering to our kids on multiple layers. It's not just this, oh, you get to come in big church, and then we go into the small group thing. Like, it's all for them. It's all about them. They get to experience Jesus in a very real way. So thank you. If you already got your 7th through 12th grader there already, if not, come talk to me tonight, and let's get them there. They need to be there. They get surrounded by a community of people who loves Jesus, and they get poured into. Also, young adults, Every first and third Saturday, we're doing a young adults discipleship, so make sure you're going um, to that. So God's moving. It's an amazing thing. We need help if you want to volunteer also. We need people to help drive the shuttles. We need people to help in different areas, so come see me if you want to do that. Um, but let's get into the message tonight. If everybody could just close your eyes and bow your heads for a second. <sighs> Jesus, I just thank you for bringing us here tonight. I thank you for the amazing anointed Wednesday people that sacrifice their time to be here, God. I just pray that you see their sacrifice and honor it, God, that you are just moving right now. And I pray that you will speak to us so clearly tonight. I pray that for everybody who he is here, that hears the voice of the Holy Spirit, will hear it in a new way tonight, Jesus. I pray that for everybody that is here that has never heard your voice, God, that tonight will be the night that they hear you very clearly and they understand what you're saying to them, Lord. Lord, I just pray clarity over this room right now. Allow your voice to be louder than anything else in our life, Father. And we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. So the title of my message tonight is called Listen Good. Anybody got a country grandma that ever told them to listen good before? Yeah. Mama, see, I know you done told me to listen good before. <laughs> Listen good. That's some proper grammar right there. Listen good. Tonight we're going to be talking about listening to the voice of the Holy Spirit, kind of taking away some of the mist, if you don't know what that is, kind of really breaking down some practical ways to hear his voice, to know what he's saying, to understand when it's him, and some real things that you can implement into life on how to do it, right? We want to be guided by the Holy Spirit. Amen? So in John 6, 12 through 13, Jesus was talking to his disciples. If you read the Gospels, God talks about his death all the time. He talks about, he prepares them, he lets them know. He's like, look, I'm about to go, I'm about to be out of here, y'all got to get ready, right? He tells them. And a lot of the times the disciples are like, no, but Lord, don't, no, 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 don't leave, right? But in this parable, or in this story, Jesus is talking about he's getting ready to go. And he's telling them that the Holy Spirit will be coming. And he's preparing them for the Holy Spirit. And he's telling them that the Holy Spirit's going to be greater than me. And so in John 16, 12 through 13, it says, I have much, Jesus is saying, I have much more to say to you, more than you can now bear. But when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all the truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears, and he will tell you what is yet to come. 
he's telling the people that walked around with him, that saw him do all of these miracles, that saw firsthand Jesus active, right? Imagine if you walked around with Jesus and you saw this man raising people from the dead, making all this food out of a few loaves and some fish, doing all these miracles, breaking down these walls, just completely doing superhero stuff, right? Imagine if you saw that and he sat you down and said, what's coming? You can't even bear right now. It's so great that you can't even fathom. Think of it on the flip side. We're walking around and living in a time when we have something that the disciples who walked with Jesus, we have access to that something they couldn't even bear to understand that was coming. We think of the disciples like, oh man, I want to be so close. They were so close to Jesus. That would have been so cool. They had so much power. They had so much faith. They had all this access. They were able to walk in his name and had authority and be able to do all these things. Jesus is telling us right here, you have something greater. You have access to something greater. He said, you wouldn't even be able to understand if I tried to explain it all to you right now. We have access to that church. But we have to listen. We have to listen. We have to know what that means. In a study, two dozen children ages 7 through 12 underwent an MRI brain scan while listening to short clips of nonsense word recordings, some from their mothers and some from a stranger. Even in audio clips less than a second long, kids could identify their mom's voice with 97% accuracy. That's how we have to be. That's how we have to be with the Holy Spirit. Even in a world full of nonsense, even in a world full of things trying to get in our spirit, people throwing craziness at us, situations that we're going through in life, people trying to tell us what we are, who we are, the world trying to put you in a box, the world trying to push you to do negative things, everybody and their mom making an ad and making something weird on Instagram and TikTok and Facebook and putting their opinion and throwing it at your face. We have to have that accuracy. Even in, in the religious space, even in your pastor's podcast and your pastor's favorite, your favorite YouTube pastor, your favorite worship song on Spotify, that can't take the place of the Holy Spirit. And you have to have accuracy. It said in less than a second, the kids could identify their mother's voice. We have to be quick. It can't be this thing like, oh, let me sit down and try to figure out, Jesus, was that you? Or was that podcast man? Or was that YouTube man? Or was that Pastor Ashley that sang that song? Or was, is this you speaking? No, no, no. We don't have time for that. We have to have accuracy. Less than a second. You got to be able to identify. So first step is how to listen. The first thing that we have to do is eliminate noise and distraction. That's hard. <laughs> Everybody say, that's hard. Eliminate noise and distraction. Because noise and distraction isn't always bad things. Like, oh, I can block out the haters. I don't need to hear none of them, right? I can turn the comments off. I don't look at the comments. That's easy. You can eliminate haters out your life like it's nothing. But what about the good stuff? What about the things that are worthwhile? What about the social events? What about the sports? What about all these things that bring you joy, all these things that bring you happiness? Are you willing to identify that as a distraction? 
One, are you willing to identify that as a distraction? And two, are you willing to eliminate it? Are you willing to eliminate that time with those friends? Are you willing to eliminate that social, social event that you really want to be at because it makes you so happy? That's a distraction. All oh, these friends make me so happy. They're so funny. I love being with them because I'm the funny one and they all laugh when I tell these corny jokes. But Is that the voice is that, that's the loudest in your head? Are you able to cut through that in an instant, in less than a second, and say, no, I don't need that. I need the Holy Spirit. Amen. You have to be able to. So that's step one is how to listen. Eliminate noise and distraction, things that take your attention away from God, whether it's a good thing, whether it's a bad thing. Whatever it is, if it takes your attention away from God, it is a distraction. Sorry. That's one of the hard ones. I love this verse. A lot of people use it in different ways, but in this context, Revelations 3.20, it says, Here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person and they with me. I'm very visual. I create a lot of film. I do a lot of photography. I do basically everything that you see visually a lot with Jodeci and David. They run around here a lot. So in my mind, I like make these crazy movies. And so for this verse, <laughs> I, I just pictured Jesus standing at the door of your heart and knocking the Holy Spirit, trying to get in. Hey, listen to me. I'm trying to tell you something. Hey, I'm trying to tell you something. But then I picture like, this is going to get silly. I picture all the other stuff, right? I picture like LeBron James standing at the door too, like, hey, the Lakers are playing tonight and they might actually make the playoffs. I picture like, Maybe Donovan Mitchell, if you're a Cavs fan, he's over there too. Like, look, the Cavs are kind of good. You should come watch this. I picture maybe the political people like Joe Biden and Donald Trump are out there too, knocking at the door. I just went to the movies and saw Avatar. Maybe those big, tall, blue people are also trying to knock at the door. I got a couple friends that are outside of the door trying to get into, hey, 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 we should hang out. We ain't seen you in so long. What's up? What's up? What's up? I have this event over here, this birthday party I got to go to. Oh, but it's your aunt. You have to be there. Oh, what's up? What's up? And Jesus just gets pushed back further and further and further. And he's got all these blue people and these old people and these athletes standing in between him and your heart. Picture that crazy movie with me for a second. <laughs> That's what it's like, though, right? The Holy Spirit's trying to talk to you. He's trying to get to you. He's trying to tell you something. And you got all this stuff in between him and the door of your heart. And don't act like you don't open that door for those people either, because I do it too. It's not like this is something that I've mastered by any means. So please don't take it like that. This is something I struggle with, too. I love watching the Cavs. You know what I mean? I love hanging out with amazing friends. I love doing things that I like to do and enjoy to do. But if the Holy Spirit isn't first, if that's not the per first person I'm opening that door for, I'm in the wrong. And I'm not operating in the fullness of who God has called me to be. Amen? So practical ways that you can listen to the Holy Spirit. Reading your word. Everybody say, read your word. How are you going to know your father's voice if you don't read your word? You won't answer that question. That wasn't rhetorical. You won't. You will never know his voice if you don't read his word. That's step one through 100. If you don't start there, you're done. You cannot supplement the word of God with anybody or anything else. You can't supplement the word of God with the 
catchy worship song. You can't supplement the Word of God with your favorite pastor on the podcast or YouTube channel. You can't supplement the Word of God with a pastor that stands on this stage and pours into your life. You can't supplement the Word of God with somebody else who's speaking into your life. Kathy King, you are an amazing woman of God, and you hear the Holy Spirit so well. But if I don't read the Word of God, all the things that you say to me mean absolutely nothing. She's amazing. She is a Bible. But she cannot be the thing I use instead of the Word of God. Understand? It can't be a thing that we do. We have to read our Word. That's number one. Second is your posture. When you're trying to listen... You can't be talking. Your mouth has to close, right? Has anybody ever been in an argument with a parent before? <laughs> has anybody ever, and maybe you are a parent, and you're trying to tell your kids something, and they start to talk. What happens? It, it gets a little, little itchy, right? It gets real itchy real quick. <laughs> I remember my mom tried to tell me something one time, and I said something crazy back, and she... Ooh, look, she's shaking her. Look, she's getting hot right now. <laughs> look, yeah, I said, I, you made me mad. And ooh, I stopped. I changed my whole tone right after I said that. I was like, you know what? <laughs> it's not worth it. It's not worth the beat down. <laughs> we have to be quiet, right? If you were talking to Jesus, this is not hearing the Holy Spirit. There's time for that. There's time for you to speak. There's time for you to pray. There's time for you to lay things down that you're going through at his feet and talk back and forth. There's times for that. But when you're trying to listen, you got to be quiet. That's not Santa Claus time. A lot of times we like to treat Jesus like Santa Claus. Okay, time to go in here and sit down for prayer. Jesus, I want a promotion at my job. I want my family that has all these issues to be healed. I would really like, <laughs> I'd really like a little bit more money. I would really enjoy if you sent me this, if you said, right? We can't go into Santa Claus mode with the Holy Spirit. That's not what that is for. The vastness of what he was describing to these disciples was not for Santa Claus time. We can't do that if we're listening in those moments when we're sitting down and listening, we have to say, Lord, take all the things that I desire. Take all the things that I think. Take all the things that I know and exchange them for what you have to say. Exchange every single desire, every single thought, every single want even. I don't even want the things. I don't want them. If it came for me, take it. Take it. If it's not for me, take it. Because a lot of times we want things that aren't for us. Take that, please, God. So don't be like San no Santa Claus time with the Holy Spirit. Next, sacrifice time and be still. Sacrifice time, be still. You sacrificed your time coming here on a Wednesday night. Again, thank you. You're amazing. You're anointed. God's going to bless you for that sacrifice. It's not easy. Taking the time to sacrifice and stop moving. It's counterculture, especially in this country. You better move, right? If you, don't, if you don't swim, you'll sink. If you're not going, if you're not making more money, if you're not grinding, if you're not keeping it going, if you're not getting your kids to every single thing, if you're not doing this, if you're not showing up at that, if you're not at every single church thing, if you're not stretching yourself thin to the point where you're so consumed that you can't even hear anything else, 
the world's telling you you're doing it wrong. But it's the opposite is true. You have to be still. Sacrifice that time. This is something that was very hard for me and still is very hard for me. Because I'm one of those people. Hustle, come on, let's go. We got to get it done. We got to do this. I'm trying to do that. I'm trying to do DSM. I want young adults to be popping. I want the social media to look like this. I want the video to look like that. It's very hard for me to fight that. It's like, sit down. Sit down, be still, be quiet. Sacrifice that time. And what will happen? So when you do those things, when you apply those practical ways of listening, you will begin to hear and be familiar with his voice. You'll understand it's him. You'll know when it's the Holy Spirit talking, right? In that study where it was less than a second, you'll have that accuracy. You'll have discernment when it's not, right? You'll understand that, okay, I really want this yellow car. And I see Weston's wearing a yellow hoodie, and she has yellow in her jacket. And you know, the sun hit, the, hit my windshield earlier, and it made it look yellow. So that must mean, <laughs> that must mean the Holy Spirit's telling me I'm going to get a yellow car, right? <laughs> That, that car that I wanted, that, that's what it is. <laughs> it's real. And I'm not saying the Holy Spirit doesn't talk in those ways and he doesn't speak in those ways. But if you don't know his voice, you won't know when it's him or when it's not. You understand? <laughs> he might be trying to tell you something like that. But if you're not putting those practical ways, sitting and listening, reading his word, taking the time, taking the correct posture, you won't know. You see preachers do it all the time. Not in this church, but I see it all the time. Come up on stage and give you this word. It's like, is that from the word of God? Or is that just your really good idea that sounded really cool? Is this worship song even about God? Or is this, the lyrics sound really good? And is Nick just a really good drummer? Right? <laughs> Love you. <laughs> Nick can make anything sound good. <laughs> we could be singing our ABCs. He'll kill that thing on like four different instruments. Um, <laughs> but that'll happen. You'll start to understand the voice of your father. You'll begin to grow in discernment, and you'll have that accuracy. You'll know when this, the Lord is speaking to you. You know when the Holy Spirit is talking to you. It won't be any confusion, and you won't have to wait and delay. The second part of this, second step to this is doing what you're told. So in Isaiah 30, verse 21, it says, Whether you turn to the right or to the left, your ears will hear a voice behind you saying, This is the way, walk in it. This is the way, walk in it. You know, I don't know how it is in your house. Maybe it's the mother is the very strong parental figure. Maybe it's the father. Maybe it's the grandparent, whatever it is. But I know for our house, my mom is like the most amazing mother in the world. And I'm not even saying this. Yeah, give her a hand, Pastor Rebecca. I'm not saying this. I know like, oh, I have the best mom ever. Like, no, no, no. She like really does it. Like she reads books. She's always, did you know that in, if you take a brisk walk after dinner, or did you know that by the age of 25, your brain's not even developed? Like, that's like the most horrible thing to say to somebody that's like 24. But, 
she's, she's like that. But guess what? When my mom is trying to get Masi to do something, <laughs> she has to say a lot, right? Masi, Masi, stop. Masi, don't do that. Masi, what are you doing? Masi, what are you getting into? Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. She has to say it a lot. But guess what? When Daddy T says something. Accuracy. Less than a second. He might not even finish with the, the word he was saying, and that boy stops in his tracks. My mom could be over there, Masi, wait, 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 wait. Like I said, she's an amazing mom. Don't take that as a slight at all. She's insane. But it's different, right? It's obedience. We have to develop obedience when the voice of the Father speaks. We have to listen. We have to do what we are told. Because Masi knows that when Dad T says something, I'm stopping or I'm going or I'm moving or I'm picking that thing up or I'm gonna clean this up or I did something or I'm not gonna do anything until I get clear direction and do what, he, what I'm told. That's how we have to be. I love the story in Luke 6 where Jesus is becoming just this force to be reckoned with and the religious leaders and the law people and everybody are just finding things to nitpick on him and find ways that he, they can just tear him down and be angry with him. And the Pharisees are just ready to go at him any step that they can. And in Luke 6, he establishes God as the Lord of the Sabbath. You're not supposed to be performing miracles on the Sabbath. And Jesus is in a room preaching, telling people the good news. God's so good. And this man walks in with a messed up hand. And Jesus looks at the man with the messed up hand, and he says, hmm, crap, it's Sunday. <laughs> I got all these haters in here. <laughs> I have to decide whether I'm going to heal this man with the broken hand, ignore this man with the broken hand, act like I don't see him over there, or just make a mess in this situation. And it says in the verse, it says that Jesus knew their thoughts. He knew the thoughts of the people looking at him. He knew the anger that they had. He knew the just opposition in their spirit that they were feeling towards him. And they said that he brought heaven into that moment, healed the man's hand, and said that God is the Lord of the Sabbath. You know, a lot of times the Holy Spirit will speak to you in that situation that you're going through, in that problem that you have to deal with, if you're listening to him and not focusing on that, you'll get that clarity and you'll get that solution for the issue that you need. I have dreams all the time of things that I'm going through. There was one last week. Oh, this person made me mad. How they do me like that? <laughs> they made me angry. And it, it, wasn't just, it wasn't unjust anger. It was justified. I had the right to be angry. I had the right to be mean, maybe talk crazy, maybe talk crazy to other people about that person, right? Maybe act out, figure out a way that I could get back at them or let them know that they were wrong. And like I said, I work on this. I never preach messages of things that I'm not personally working on, just so you all know. So this is like a work in progress. So instead of doing all those things, I said, Holy Spirit, I'm listening to you. I'm mad, I'm hurt, I'm angry. This person deserves all of this that I want to do, say, act on. I'm giving it to you. That night, 
I had a dream. Sound like Martin Luther King. I had a dream that night. <laughs> I had a dream that night. No, so I went to sleep, <laughs> and I had a dream that night. And in the dream, that person that I was mad at, angry at, upset with, wanted to get back at, wanted to have this confrontation with, they were sitting in a chair in front of me in my dream, and they were crying. And as they were crying, they told me all the things that they were hurting from. I said, I'm hurting from this. I need your support in this way. I need you to tell me that you're there for me. I feel neglected, and I feel that you don't really care when you do this. This is in my dream. This person that I wanted to be angry at and wanted to get back at and wanted to fight against, they're sitting there in front of me in my dream crying and telling me all the things that they're dealing with. These people made me feel like crap, and so I took it out on you. And what happens then? I woke up the next day. I sent a text message. You're amazing. I honor you. You're great. Thank you for who you are in my life. When you do what you're told, when you're obedient, you bring heaven to earth. When you are obedient, you bring heaven to earth, and it is without fail. And the opposite is very true as well. When you're disobedient, right? But you have an opportunity. You have access to this thing that God told his disciples that they couldn't even bear. The people that walked with Jesus couldn't even bear to understand. You have access to it. And you have the ability to tap into it if all you do is listen. And you can bring heaven into earth. In every situation, every major decision, every conflict, every issue, every desire of your heart. We have to listen and we have to do what we're told. And as spirit-filled Christians, that's our responsibility. If we have access to these superpowers, I talked about it in DSM last week. If you have the armor of God on and you don't use it, for what? It's like I opened this message up with. Who are you out there using the sword of the Spirit on? Who are you celebrating? Who are you showing God's love to? You're sitting there in armor to look cute on the couch? No, that's not what it was designed for, right? That's not why God left the Holy Spirit for us to have access to. Something that the people that walked around with him and saw him do miracles couldn't even understand or bear to understand with him. He's giving you the greatest gift ever. But you have to walk in, you have to listen, and you have to obey. The last point is don't hesitate. Isaiah 55, 11. So is my word that goes out from my mouth. It will, re- it will not return void, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. So is my word that goes out from my mouth. It will not return void, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. When the Lord speaks to you, it won't return void. You have to have faith in that, and you can't hesitate. Right? We talked about recognizing it quickly without hesitation, listening and obeying to what he tells you to do. But you can't hesitate on the other end of it either. You can't hesitate on the end of it when it's time to act, when it's time for you to go and do it, when it's time for you to go pray for that person, when it's time for you to go hug that person and encourage them. 
when it's time for you to go out into a world that's searching, that's searching for acceptance, that's searching for love, that's searching for celebration, you can't hesitate. And you know, there's nothing more encouraging. I feel like when I listen, when I hear the voice of the Holy Spirit, I do transitions all the time. I've probably done them here before, but in Cleveland a lot, I do transitions. And there's nothing more encouraging than having those times of transitions where I'll go up and I'll say, Holy Spirit, speak what you want. Say what you want to say. I I have nothing to say to these people. Help me. Speak. Let your voice be heard and move in this room. And almost 100% of the time, whatever it is that I pray during that time, whatever it is that's spoken during that time, is almost in complete alignment with what's being preached that day, without me knowing. And a lot of times I'll get off the stage and I'll talk to Pastor Dion and he'll be like, man, I was just about to say that. I was just about to sing that. And it encourages the people around you. It encourages the pastor. It encourages the worship leader. It encourages the congregation because they say, oh, wow, they're moving in alignment. They're doing it. They're doing what we're supposed to do. They're doing what we've been created for. They're using that Holy Spirit the way it's been intended to be used. Amen? And so you can't hesitate. You can't. You have to do it. If not for yourself, then for the people around you that need to see you do it. Because it's hard. And most of the time when God is going to tell you to go do something, ooh-wee, it's going to be hard. It's going to be that person that you don't like. It's going to be that person that's talking trash. It's going to be that person that treats you like crap. It's going to be that person that you really just can't stand everything about that needs you the most. You're going to say, go love that person. All that anger you have, all that thing, that issue you have with that person that you're holding on to, let it go. And I'll show you what they're feeling in their heart so that you can bring heaven into the situation. You know, about a month ago, it's, in, yeah, I say all this to say it's, it's not easy. It's not easy. This isn't something I have perfected. This isn't something that anybody has perfected because it's easy to miss with the noise of the world, with the distractions of trying to keep up your social life and your kids' life and your, everything that you want to do and the things that bring you joy and the things that make you happy and all your friends and your music and your church. And, it's hard. It's easy to miss. It's easy to sit in here and miss it. About a month and a half ago, uh, one of our Joshua kids, one of our Joshua teens slash men now, he messaged me on Instagram and he said, hey, man, I would really love to get with you to work on a video. And worship team, we can get, start, get started going up there because we're going we're gonna to listen to God, listen to the Holy Spirit here in a minute. But he hit me up and he said, hey, I'm trying to get with you, man. I want to work on a video. His name was Abraham. His name is Abraham. And he's like one of the nicest kids you've ever met. Came from a real crazy situation, a lot of issues in life, a lot of things going on around him, a lot of influences around him that aren't very positive, but has been the sweetest kid for the past 10 years that I had known him. Was in my camp group, one of those kids where everybody else was doing the bad thing, he's like, hey, let's not do that. Like, let's give Mr. Jeremiah a break. Let's not completely make him want to quit, right? (laughs) He was one of those kids. He was one of those bright spots where it was like, oh, these kids are insane. But 
sweetest kid you'll ever meet, kind, nice, caring, always caring for those around him, caring for his sisters. And he hit me up because we had worked on some video stuff like maybe five years ago for Joshua Kids. And he said, hey, I'm making music. I would really, really like to work with you on a music video. And I said, okay, yeah, I responded to him. I hit him back. I said, yeah, let me get to you. I'm going to get with you. I'm going to get together with you, talk to you about it. Like, we're going to make it happen. Never said a day, never did anything beyond that. And in that moment, I can say that the Holy Spirit said, you need to go get him right now. Go meet with him. Go get lunch with him. I was busy. I was real busy. It was in January. We had stuff coming up here at the church. I had a bunch of videos to do. I had DSM stuff popping up. Like, I was extremely busy with ministry, a good thing, building our church, growing our church, growing our DSM ministry, something great. But I missed it. The Holy Spirit said to go get him, and I didn't. Five days later, I got a call from my mom saying that Abraham was shot and killed over $20. And, you know, it's, it's all fun and cute to talk about, oh, listen to the Holy Spirit. Like, go give that person an encouraging word. Go tell that person they're great. That's important. And you think that it's maybe just something light, but you really don't know how serious or life and death something could be. You don't. You don't know the bridge that that person was about to jump off before you complimented them. You don't know that the 18-year-old kid was about to get shot five days after he reached out to you and you had an opportunity to go take him to lunch. You don't know. And so we have to learn how to listen. We have to read our word. We have to posture ourselves properly, not in Santa Claus mode when we're talking to the Holy Spirit. We have to shut our mouths, be still, sacrifice time, and listen. We have to obey and do what we're told. Like when Dad T says something to Masi. And we can't hesitate. Because we don't have time. There is a world full of people that are hurting. There is a world full of people that need you to get really good at this. To be able to listen good. To be able to walk and move in the way that Jesus and God intended this to go. They need you. And so tonight as I close, what I wanna do is take some time to listen. Take some time to posture your heart before God, not in the way of asking him for anything, not in the way for giving him your Christmas list, in a way that says, I'm, here's everything I got. Here's everything I'm thinking about. Here's everything I want. Here's everything I'm dealing with. Take it and exchange it for what you have. We're going to take some time to posture our hearts in that way. We're going to take some time to listen. And so as I close, I like everybody to stand. And I'll close this down and if you have to go, you can go, but I want to encourage you tonight to really use that time. Use this time to be able to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit. Like I said, if you've never heard the voice of the Holy Spirit before, this is your night. This is it. In a minute, I'm going to ask you all to come up here. 
Position yourself, posture yourself on the altar to hear him. This is your night. If you've heard the voice of the Holy Spirit, if you're like these ladies over here that just hear him like it's they're listening to the radio, cool. Ask him to talk to you in a new way tonight, right? Ask him to give you another word. Ask him to continue to have his voice be the loudest thing. And worship team, before you sing a word, listen. Take some time to listen. We're not doing a song. We're not rehearsing. This isn't rehearsed. This isn't any type of, this isn't even worship. We're listening. So if you can, make your way forward. Let's fill this altar up. Posture yourself before the Holy Spirit. Step forward. You can sit down. You can get comfortable. However it is, take a physical move and posture yourself before Jesus. If you've never done it before, cool. Get uncomfortable. This is your night. This is your night to hear. This is your night to listen. This is your night to listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit and say, I'm not going to let that thing that's holding me back. I'm not going to let that thing that's making me maybe not comfortable, embarrassed, whatever it may be, make that move right now. Make that move and take that step in faith because you don't have time. You don't know. And God needs to use you. He wants to use you. And this is your time. So I'm going to pray. And then take as much time as you need to do this. If you have to go live right, love everybody, pray hard. We'll see you on Sunday. But I'm encouraging you to take that time and come up. So Jesus, thank you for this evening. Thank you for being the loudest voice in our hearts. Thank you for being the loudest voice in our heads, God. I pray that tonight you are speaking. I pray that you are speaking over every single person in this room, every single person that's watching, God, from the person that has never heard your voice before to the person that has heard you every single day of their walk in faith, God. I pray that you are just giving them a new level of discernment so that they can cut through the noise, that they can eliminate the noise, they can eliminate the distraction, God. Allow them to posture their hearts before you right now, Father, and receive everything that you have for them, God. I pray that you are just moving and speaking and that they will just know it's your voice above anything else that's man-made God that they will be able to recognize that it's you that they will understand that they will listen that they will obey and they will not hesitate God I just pray that this church will be filled with people that hear your voice and listen so good God that this will be a place where we will celebrate those that come Jesus that we will support God and I thank you for this opportunity tonight Lord move and speak over every heart in this room Jesus' name.